Colour your world with beautiful. My talk involves three stories today. One from God, the other from Jesus, and the third from me. My talk today is purely focused on colour your world with beautiful, not fill it with trash. When I say this, what immediately comes to mind for you? This is where my talk really is at. How much removal do you have to do in your thoughts to get to something good? Our memory is full of our activities in the world. Some nice and there is definitely not so nice. How often does your mind get filled with negative comments or an insulting remark? If I read a post on animal cruelty, my head is instantly with my emotions exposed and for reading the content. My mind is like some form of reminder. How stupid were you to read that? Look at how it makes you feel. Oh my goodness, I am now traumatized with that picture of that horrific treatment they have been subjected to. It is sometimes painful because you suffered with an experience that was so great you could not cope with it and it ended up being a serious trauma to be treated. That's where I want us to go back to in time, to the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 31, God made this world colourful. Let us read from verse 1 how he achieved it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the waters from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment, and it was so. And God called the ferment heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the water, so called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth and as it sow. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, 
let there be lights in the ferment of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the ferment and of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the ferment of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters above with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the ferment of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply in the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God sought everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In this story, six days for God to complete his vision, as a world to be colourful, that is, out of our mind and into real life. Praise God he rested though. I don't know about you, but just reading all of that was exhausting enough, let alone getting your hands dirty and actually physically making it. As any artist, you paint the picture's beauty. As a landscaper, you're doing the stuff. When you look at it, the space he occupied is pretty big in comparison to our little patch we call home turf.
Nevertheless, by faith he spoke life into existence. With hope he acted on his intuition and started designing what he wanted to become life to himself. As part of his creation, he continued on with trust. He established beautiful landscapes, picturesque views, breathtaking sceneries along the waterways and spellbounding solar systems to look at. I don't know about you, but all this sounds like it is one massive colour chart to contend with. And before you even consider blending, what would even be considered as art pieces? Just to let you know what I'm talking about, I went to the paint store just recently to buy a particular colour I needed. And lo and behold, could you believe it? I had to go looking through 45 different strands of this colour before I could even come close to finding the one I wanted. I think God was giving us a good point here. Getting back to the story, God continued with his masterpiece and wanted to build trust. So he made relationships and responsibilities to include management and taking care of his possessions he loved so much. You see, it wasn't so much God who needed it. The benefit was for us. We had to learn, we had to learn to construct for ourselves from the principles he taught right from the beginning of time. He showed us through his wisdom what it is to have trust, to have faith, to have hope and to love. But then the ugliness of life crept in. Not for his knowledge, but for ours. Knowing things would get ugly and downright nasty, he created another pathway. This time, he created Jesus. Have you noticed at every turn in the ministry of Jesus from the time he was born until he was crucified, he had opposition. He had all the ugliness of scandals, rumours, not to mention gossips, to pull down the good works he was doing for people. He was at their level of understanding and he created a map of importance for others to be strengthened by. He showed them what others could do and, sorry, he showed them what others could not see or explain. He used ordinary everyday instruments to color their world with truth. Just because the sky is blue today doesn't mean it will be the same tomorrow. When it changes colour, add these things to it and it will become changed again. Nothing in this life is permanent. It is temporary. It has a use by date stamped into its genetic code. What became a climax in Jesus' life that everyone has always talked about made the most powerful story ever detailed, written about in every literature, made into songs. All this and more from his life was actually death. Notice how it's not about Jesus, but in fact about what the colour scheme was from this world. I don't know about you, but it was building, it was blinding to say the least. 
while hanging there, nailed still like a statue to a plank of wood, with the wind freezing cold through you and being bruised and into torturous pain, came these words of effect. Doesn't anybody understand how I feel right now? Just to let you know, the Weather Bureau tells us the sequence with atmosphere when the weather pattern changes is noticeable. But all is not lost because in Jesus' map, he added so much more life than anyone could have imagined. He painted a masterpiece of forgiveness and grace. He even displayed it so there would be no misunderstanding to what it means. In the book of Luke, especially chapter 23, verses 26 to 56, we read about the king on the cross. Now, as they laid him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon of Cyrian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And the great multitude of the people followed him, and women who laid mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then he will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they were crucified. They crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and casted lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who hung blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justify, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to continue on from the book of Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I do apologise if I didn't get the pronunciation just quite right. In that split second, 
this guy had confusion running through his mind, making a mess of all his achievements because he self-doubted himself. What it looked like and how it was formed comes as no surprise by the experiences he was subdued to. But when you are committed for a cause and powered by the anointing to deliver the good news so all could overcome hate and live a different life. This was indeed Jesus putting it in writing within the art frame of his works to colour his life with the glory of God as his helper. In Matthew 27 verses 45 to 55, Jesus surely did die on the cross. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, this is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on the reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared to many so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of god the Bible acts as a reference to, the, to influence us with a vision we are born with and to pursue. Our creativity colours it by our choice, nobody else's. If you have laid down your vision, you can pick it up again and make good with it. Jesus never once gave in to the intimidation or threats others used to pull him down. He showed many examples of conflict resolution. He showed how winning an argument for the sake of truth. He showed how to overcome stigma. He showed how to live against your adversary, adversities. He showed how to bring healing back to yourself other than in a physical form. He showed how you can be free from your prisons. He showed you how to feed yourself. He showed how to quench your thirst. He showed how to be safe in storms. These, I admit, are only a few examples of how Jesus coloured his world being a believer. But he expected people's he accepted people's offerings as they gave turning away no one because he wanted that confidence. He can turn their lemons into lemonades, giving everyone a chance to taste and enjoy of its rewards with him. By doing so, they would have truth, 
when it, when it was needed most with their life. I know for me, when I had a vision from my childhood to speak of, it was involving hope and confidence in someone's abilities. As a child, you're not aware of such things. Your actions and what it becomes happens when you're mature. What goes on between you as a child and you as an adult is a lot of generated mess to sort. Keep the good and toss out the bad. When that vision comes back to me as an adult, I had every form of insecurity to tell me why I was not right for the job as life coach. Some of those things were my education standard. Other things came from my outlook on life and beliefs formed around statues. There were even some points in my life that was about how I viewed the world because of the wounds and scars I bear. One thing I never gave up on were the values to trust or my ability to forgive. I never let go of my rights to love, my hope to believe and my faith to act. The hard times helped me paint in colour to change the appearance but what it was my effort that gave me another life. I coloured my world through these things to be beautiful, not by makeup, gosh no, but through my spirit. Jesus calls everyone to himself and to follow after on from his ways. I have never been disappointed from reading his letters and for the joy of me writing back with news through prayer. The demonstrations Christ did leave behind us for us so we can be confident while colouring our life beautiful, sorry, confident while colouring our life beautiful when removing the trash from it. They are the types of things that will harm us and rob us from every area we consider precious and valuable until there is nothing left but dust. At some point, we have to deal with the rubbish that made us believe we were ugly. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life and would like to do so, please contact your local church for assistance. Colour your world with beautiful. My talk involves three stories today, one from God, the other from Jesus, and the third from me. My talk today is purely focused on colour your world with beautiful, not fill it with trash. When I say this, what immediately comes to mind for you? This is where my talk really is at. How much removal do you have to do in your thoughts to get to something good? Our memory is full of our activities in the world. Some nice, and there is definitely not so nice. How often does your mind get filled with negative comments or an insulting remark? If I read a post on animal cruelty, my head is instantly, with my emotions, exposed and for reading the content. 
My mind is like some form of reminder. How stupid were you to read that? Look at how it makes you feel. Oh my goodness, I am now traumatized with that picture of that horrific treatment they have been subjected to. It is sometimes painful because you suffered with an experience that was so great you could not cope with it and it ended up being a serious trauma to be treated. That's where I want us to go back to in time, to the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 31, God made this world colourful. Let us read from verse 1 how he achieved it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the waters from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the ferment, and divided the waters which were under the ferment, from the waters which were above the ferment, and it was so. And God called the ferment heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the water, so called seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth and as it sow. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the ferment of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the ferment and of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the ferment of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters above with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the ferment of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, 
and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply in the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God sought everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In this story, six days for God to complete his vision, as a world to be colourful, that is, out of our mind and into real life. Praise God he rested though. I don't know about you, but just reading all of that was exhausting enough, let alone getting your hands dirty and actually physically making it. As any artist, you paint the picture's beauty. As a landscaper, you're doing the stuff. When you look at it, the space he occupied is pretty big in comparison to our little patch we call home turf. Nevertheless, by faith he spoke life into existence. With hope, he acted on his intuition and started designing what he wanted to become life to himself. As part of his creation, he continued on with trust. He established beautiful landscapes, picturesque views, breathtaking sceneries along the waterways and spellbounding solar systems to look at. I don't know about you, but all this sounds like it is one massive colour chart to contend with. And before you even consider blending, what would even be considered as art pieces? Just to let you know what I'm talking about, I went to the paint store just recently to buy a particular colour I needed. And lo and behold, could you believe it? I had to go looking through 45 different strands of this colour 
before I could even come close to finding the one I wanted, I think God was giving us a good point here. Getting back to the story, God continued with his masterpiece and wanted to build trust. So he made relationships and responsibilities to include management and taking care of his possessions he loved so much. You see, it wasn't so much God who needed it. The benefit was for us. We had to learn, we had to learn to construct for ourselves from the principles he taught right from the beginning of time. He showed us through his wisdom what it is to have trust, to have faith, to have hope and to love. But then the ugliness of life crept in, not for his knowledge, but for ours. Knowing things would get ugly and downright nasty, he created another pathway. This time he created Jesus. Have you noticed at every turn in the ministry of Jesus from the time he was born until he was crucified, he had opposition. He had all the ugliness of scandals, rumors, not to mention gossips, to pull down the good works he was doing for people. He was at their level of understanding and he created a map of importance for others to be strengthened by. He showed them what others could do and, sorry, he showed them what others could not see or explain. He used ordinary everyday instruments to colour their world with truth. Just because the sky is blue today doesn't mean it will be the same tomorrow. When it changes colour, add these things to it and it will become changed again. Nothing in this life is permanent, it is temporary. It has a use by date stamped into its genetic code. What became a climax in Jesus' life that everyone has always talked about, made the most powerful story ever detailed, written about in every literature, made into songs, all this and more from his life was actually death. Notice how it's not about Jesus, but in fact, about what the color scheme was from this world. I don't know about you, but it was building, it was blinding to say the least. While hanging there, nailed still like a statue to a plank of wood, with the wind freezing cold through you and being bruised and into torturous pain, came these words of effect. Doesn't anybody understand how I feel right now? Just to let you know, the Weather Bureau tells us the sequence with atmosphere when the weather pattern changes is noticeable. But all is not lost because in Jesus' map, he added so much more life than anyone could have imagined. He painted a masterpiece of forgiveness and grace. He even displayed it so there would be no misunderstanding to what it means. In the book of Luke, especially chapter 23, verses 26 to 56, we read about the king on the cross. Now, as they laid him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon of Cyrene, 
who was coming from the country and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And the great multitude of the people followed him and women who laid mourned and lament him. But Jesus turning to them said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore and breasts which never nursed. Then he will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they were crucified. They crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and casted lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who hung blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justify, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to continue on from the book of Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I do apologise if I didn't get the pronunciation just quite right. In that split second, this guy had confusion running through his mind, making a mess of all his achievements because he self-doubted himself. What it looked like and how it was formed comes as no surprise by the experiences he was subdued to that when you are committed for a cause and powered by the anointing to deliver the good news so all could overcome hate and live a different life. This was indeed Jesus putting it in writing within the art frame of his works to colour his life with the glory of God as his helper. In Matthew 27 verses 45 to 55, Jesus surely did die on the cross. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, 
Lama Sabakathani. This is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on the reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly saying, truly this was the son of God. The Bible acts as a reference to, the, to influence us with a vision we are born with and to pursue. Our creativity colors it by our choice, nobody else's. If you have laid down your vision, you can pick it up again and make good with it. Jesus never once gave in to the intimidation or threat others used to pull him down. He showed many examples of conflict resolution. He showed how winning an argument for the sake of truth. He showed how to overcome stigma. He showed how to live against your adversary, adversities. He showed how to bring healing back to yourself other than in a physical form. He showed how you can be free from your prisons. He showed you how to feed yourself. He showed how to quench your thirst. He showed how to be safe in storms. These, I admit, are only a few examples of how Jesus coloured his world being a believer but he expected people's off he accepted people's offerings as they gave turning away no one because he wanted that confidence he can turn their lemons into lemonades giving everyone a chance to taste and enjoy of its rewards with him by doing so they would have truth when it when it was needed most with their life I know for me, when I had a vision from my childhood to speak of, it was involving hope and confidence in someone's abilities. As a child, you're not aware of such things. Your actions and what it becomes happens when you're mature. What goes on between you as a child and you as an adult is a lot of generated mess to sort. Keep the good and toss out the bad. When that vision comes back to me as an adult, I had every form of insecurity to tell me why I was not right for the job as life coach. Some of those things were my education standard. Other things came from my outlook on life and beliefs formed around statues. There were even some points in my life that was about how I viewed the world 
because of the wounds and scars I bear. One thing I never gave up on were the values to trust or my ability to forgive. I never let go of my rights to love, my hope to believe and my faith to act. The hard times helped me paint in colour to change the appearance, but what it was my effort that gave me another life. I coloured my world through these things to be beautiful, not by makeup, gosh no, but through my spirit. Jesus calls everyone to himself and to follow after on from his ways. I have never been disappointed from reading his letters and for the joy of me writing back with news through prayer. The demonstrations Christ did leave behind us for us so we can be confident while colouring our life. Beautiful, sorry, confident while colouring our life beautiful when removing the trash from it. They are the types of things that will harm us and rob us from every area we consider precious and valuable until there is nothing left but dust. At some point, we have to deal with the rubbish that made us believe we were ugly. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life and would like to do so, please contact your local church for assistance.